0: Hello, and welcome to Helpline on Feed Play Love. This is your opportunity to ask questions of our experts on the show. And today we are joined by Jo Ryan from Baby Bliss from her home in Melbourne, locked down. She has nothing else she can do but answer your questions. (laughs) That is correct. Thank you so much for joining us, Jo. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. I am Siobhan Hunt from Feed Play Love. I am also at home because I woke up with a sniffle and a scratchy throat and felt that I needed to get a coronavirus test. So I am now at home uh, myself. So if there are any glitches today, Mm. we do apologize, but we're all doing the right thing. Um, So like I said, this is your chance to ask Jo any of your questions, whether it's about baby sleeping or feeding or toddlers screaming at <laughs> may I'm on fire when I'm at home um, yeah. now is your time just pop your questions below if you're watching us live on Facebook if you're listening through the podcast you can email us at helpline at the parent brand.com.au but let's get just straight into it shall we Jo yeah. um, this question comes from Rachel through our email She has, she says, I have a 15 month old daughter and I'm wondering how I go about weaning off her bottle before bedtime in the evening. She's a great sleeper, eats well and has two bottles per day. 150 mils of cow's milk in the morning and 180 mils of cow's milk before bedtime. I'm about to stop the morning bottle, but wondered when and how I stopped the evening bottle without messing up her bedtime routine. We do bath, then bottle quietly in her dimly lit room with Teddy, then sleep sack on and into bed. She almost always falls asleep easily on her own and I don't want this to change. Note, I have been encouraging her to drink water from a cup at mealtimes for some time but not having much success. She will happily drink from a B-Box straw cup though. Okay. Um, well, I, I think it just depends on when she
1: wants to do it. I mean, 15 months old is not terribly old to be having a bottle before bed, you know, Um so, you know, start by dropping the morning bottle, which is what she's doing, and then, you know, when she feels that she's ready, I wouldn't probably, I'd give her a bit of time, you know, after she's dropped the morning bottle to kind of get, you know, used to that and then, um, and then uh, think about dropping the evening bottle. So I would just put in um, a cup of milk, you know, to replace that, uh, to replace the bottle with that. So instead of doing, you know, dinner, bath, book bottle sort of do dinner bath you know a cup of milk while she's drinking while she's reading the book maybe you know have a little drink or just eliminate it all together and just have the milk with the dinner you know or or straight after the dinner so um, you know there is no hard and fast rules about dropping those kind of things it's just when you think she's ready or when you feel like you don't want to do it anymore you know but you know, kids are very adaptable, so just change the ritual around bedtime to include either a cup of milk or to eliminate that sort of drink altogether,
0: yeah. Can I ask, Joe, when it comes to bottles, is the sucking part of it the comforting, soothing, calming down part? So if you remove the sucking from that period, is it going to make it harder for her to get to sleep? Well, you know, sucking does calm
1: and you know when they're little babies it releases a hormone you know to kind of help them soothe and settle and sleep um but i think as you get old as babies and get to be toddlers and then older you you kind of want them to be able to do it without you know as many kind of i guess assistance or sleep props as you can So, you know, yes, there may be a couple of days where she's a little bit more um, kind of difficult to settle and she might need a little bit of soothing from mum or dad or, you know, but um, they, like I say, they're very clever little things and they learn new things pretty quickly. You know, we just have to be consistent in what we're trying to teach them. So you just repeat the same thing day in,
0: day after day after
1: day. And after a couple of days, she should get it.
0: And you were saying that, it, is it really a big problem if she was to keep the bottle for longer? Like when and why would we drop that bottle feed?
1: Uh, I don't think it's a problem. You know, I think, you know, having a bottle before bed is a nice part of the ritual um, for, for a young toddler, you know, or baby or young toddler. Um, I just guess I think it's, you know... Um, you know up to the pet individual when they feel that that's not an appropriate thing or they want to get rid of it because you know it might be causing other issues maybe sleep problems you know obviously you don't want your baby to fall asleep with the bottle in their mouth and you know also just removing that whole kind of big feed before bed you know as well that big drink of milk you know for older toddlers who perhaps you're trying to toilet train you know that sort of thing Um, You don't want them having a big drink before bed either. So, but uh, like I say, she's still only 15 months. She's pretty young. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't stress out about it.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, I like that advice. Don't <laughs> stress out about it. Yeah, yeah. This one comes from Alana from our help group. So I didn't mention at the top, but the other place you can ask questions is um, we have a help line group on Facebook. So you can also pop your questions there. This is from um, Alana. She says, our two-year-old used to be the perfect sleeper, but now he's a nightmare. He would request bed, take his dummy, roll over and go to sleep and sleep through. No problems. But No. <laughs> We had to ditch the dummy. Now he gets out of bed for an hour, gets to the bathroom and grabs toothbrushes if I'm attending to the baby and we have to sit in the room with him for the hour, telling him to go back to bed until he tires out. He often skips naps because of this and then falls asleep wherever he is at about 3 p.m. Always that's on the floor between rooms so we know he still needs a nap plus now he gets up multiple times a night. How can this be? Does a dummy hold that much power? It should be noted he still goes to sleep like a dream at daycare. So we know he's playing us. (laughs) But what do we do? Should we give the dummy back? Help, please. Yeah.
1: Well, firstly, I would say don't give the dummy back. I mean, you've made a good progress. You've gotten rid of it. You know, there's no point giving it back now because you're just going to have to drop it again at some point, you know. Um, unless you want your sort of six-year-old to be using a dummy, which is probably not ideal. Um, So I think it's more probably about some separation stuff and also it sounds like there's a new baby in the house. So I don't know how long the baby's been around for, but those things are all very unsettling for toddlers, you know. So changes in their routines, so whether they've started childcare recently, you know, all of those things need to be taken into account. So... Sleeping is the first sign that something is amiss, you know, or something's not working for them or something has changed. Um, So I think we need to be um, cognizant of that and also be gentle, you know, and understanding that toddlers are experiencing a lot of change, you know, in their little worlds. And often they don't know how what that is or how to express that. And it comes out in other ways. And sleep disturbances is one of them. So, um, but just having more routine around bedtime and overnight. So one thing is I would try not to sit with him for the whole time because that just becomes longer and longer and longer and longer. And it starts off, you know, 20 minutes and then you're up to an hour and a half, you know, and they think it's a fun and games because mum and dad or mum or dad are in there and they can, you know, get out of it. So I start by sort of sitting but leaving intermittently. So telling him you have to leave to do something. So you always sort of say, I've got to go and I'm just going to go and do a wee. I'm just going to go and take my shoes off. I've just got to go and do this. And you stay out for a very short period of time. A two-year-old has experienced separation anxiety as well. So what we don't want is to stress him out by thinking that you've gone and you're not coming back because they don't have the ability. They start to understand object permanence so they know, they understand that when something's gone, it's gone, but they don't understand that it's temporary. You know, they can't quite get that part. So they think you're gone and that's it. So they'll either cry, come and follow you, try to find you. So if you can keep it to very short periods, being out of the room to start, so 30 seconds, come back, make it ritualistic, say the same thing when you leave, say the same thing when you come back, and then and reassure him. And hopefully it will, you could, you'll be able to extend that, you know, and, and stay out longer. And the idea is that where you want to be is to get him to fall asleep without you in the room. And same overnight, you know, same process overnight. And if you do that for a couple of days, you know, and it's hard at first because it takes a lot longer for them to go to sleep, you know, because they become a bit hyper vigilant. Is she coming back? Is she coming away? Or is she, you know, and they keep themselves awake. That's why I keep it short. Um, But he should start to get the, the hang of it and understand that you will come back. You know, you do come back. So always do what you say you do. If you say you'll come back, always come back and keep it very short to start with, like I said, so that he doesn't stress out and then build it up.
0: Yeah. Okay. This comes from Cindy. She says, I have a six week old baby who is fully breastfed. My husband and I decided that I'll stay home with the kids. I have a seven year old and the baby. So I'm home with them all day while he works. My husband helps out every chance he can, but every time he tries to do anything with the baby, he ends up crying his lungs out every time. I'm assuming that's the baby, not the husband. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) It's so frustrating. Hubby sings to him, has tried to feed him with a bottle and does everything he can to calm him and nothing works. Our paediatrician says it's not common but fairly normal and he will grow out of it. But I'm getting desperate for a break. I really need some ideas. Please help. And that's from Cindy.
1: So sorry, is she just is she wondering how to get her husband to feed the baby with a bottle? Is that is that the I think just how to settle him? Just,
0: I think it's settling. Um just as that he's trying to help whenever he can. So that is mm. probably he has tried to feed them with a bottle. He's tried yeah, yeah, calming, yeah. just nothing's working right now with Dad.
1: Yeah. Well look, I think obviously um babies when they're little and he's only seven weeks so he would be very attached to his mother and also they're all about kind of feeding and sleeping at that age so you know the crying is probably about either being overtired or being hungry you know Um, and I think dad should persevere because I think dads are really good at settling you know they have they're often bigger arms and stronger you know grips and babies quite like that so I would Encourage him to keep going, but also make sure that the crying could be because he's tired. So, you know, how do we get him to sleep? So is he maybe wrap him, take him into the, a quiet dark room, put some white noise on, you know, and get dad to kind of try to do the jiggle, walk, pat, you know, the the three sort of things at once that kind of can really help. Um, giving him a bottle... Um, is very helpful when mums are exhausted and so try to do that again when he's really hungry you know when he's really due for a feed not just to soothe him because he might just not be interested and if he's not that hungry he, he won't take it um for a young baby like that i would think that he should take a bottle you know he would you know he's he's sort of often when they're a bit older they just flat out refuse but if he's hungry he should take it but make sure that mum's not around you know not hovering because if he thinks mum's around or he can smell her, you know, he'll be like, no, 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 I know she's close. I know those boobs are close, you know, I, I want them. <laughs> <laughs> so mum and just maybe just encourage dad that, you know, he's doing a great job and, you know, because we don't want him to just give up either or want to give up. So I think, you know, understand it's hard. Try not to tell him what to do too much, you know, like because I know we tend to kind of uh, want to advise or, you um, give feedback or you know whatever do it do it sort of our way so maybe let him find his way you know as well but um and sort of stay out of the picture maybe go for a walk or something while dad's trying to do it or
0: so much easier when you can't actually see it or hear again. it so
1: go into your room maybe put your own white noise on and try to have a nap and just let him do it you know i mean as long as the baby is you know you could feed him and then give him to dad to settle and put him off to sleep you know so you know he's not hungry And then, you know, maybe start like that and let dad start to put him to sleep, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, and it would be so different too, wouldn't it, if your eldest is seven? So much can change.
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot that's... what I
0: was doing in two and a half years.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're often very different babies, you know, very rarely if ever you get the same kind of baby. So, you know, it is hard. It is hard to remember mm. what you're doing. And it's frustrating when you feel like it can't, it's not working. And dads are very, you know, men are very um, problem-solving. You know, they want to make it work. They want to fix it. And if they can't, they find that very frustrating. So yeah, we want to set it up so that maybe the first time, you know, you give him the baby, he's nice and full, he's ready for sleep, you know, so dad will have a win and then and then you can work from that sort of
0: thing. Makes it easier. Mm-hmm. This next question comes from Tegan on the email. She says, hi, Helpline team. I hope you can help us with our almost two-and-a-half-year-old. He has been sleeping great the last few months, but this last month has had a turn. I managed to get rid of the bottle at sleep times, but his dad broke (laughs) broke one night and gave him a bottle and it has been 10 times harder to get it off him again. He wants his bottle in his mouth all night, regardless of its contents, water or empty. He uses it for comfort and he is not interested in teddies, etc. We also recently upgraded him to a single bed from the side off cot. He spent about five to six weeks not realising he could get out of bed and stayed in bed till we got him up in the morning. This is no longer the case. I'm talking 20 to 40 times. Oh, my goodness. We have to put him back into bed at bedtime and two to three times overnight now. Um, We sit at his door at bedtime and he runs back to bed when he opens the door and sees us. We are very persistent and we don't give in and let him sleep in our bed, no matter how hard he tries. Daytime naps are not an issue. He's affectionate and we do go in and settle him, but he's just as persistent as we are. Uh she's got his routine here, which is seven, seven thirty wake and then brekkie, eleven thirty nut lunch, twelve thirty to one thirty a nap for one or one and a half hours, five thirty to six dinner, six thirty to seven bath book. Bottle, 7.30 bed, 9.30, usually finally asleep. Wow. Any help to ditch the bottle and get bedtimes back to normal would be wonderful.
1: Yeah, look, I would just take it away. Like I would just take it off the table and, you know, give him a comforter or something and hopefully, you know, he will ultimately attach to something or not, but, you know, at least then the bottle's off the table. So, you know like they you know we're all creatures of habit so he will push and push and push because that's the nature of being a toddler you know um to get what he feels he needs he thinks he needs that to sleep so we have to show him that he doesn't need that you know that there are other ways so going off to sleep, taking a very long time is very frustrating. But again, like I mentioned with the person before, if you start to go in and out a bit, um, at first it will take a long time. But then he'll start to realise that this, you know, there is no ultimate you know, gold bottle at the end of the rainbow, You know, that he will have to go to sleep. And, and, and that will then help with the waking overnight you know, and work towards not being in the room, which it sounds like you're not, you're kind of sitting at the door, but maybe keep the door open a little bit rather than him having to get up and open it to see you're there, you know. And often toddlers start, their imagination starts to kick in, you know, because they're reading stories or you're being read stories and they're watching a bit of telly and so their imagination starts. So there's a whole lot of, you know, their fears start. Oh, they get scared of the dark or they, you know, they have these sort of fears. So opening the door slightly, you know, feeling, giving him some sense of control. So would you like me to leave the door open? I can leave the door open for you, but you need to stay in your bed, you know, and everything she's doing sounds great. Like taking him back, you know, taking him back, just keep taking him back, you know, and eventually, you know, if we remove the bottle, cause it is a comfort, it is a sleep association, then he won't need that thing. And hopefully the sleep will improve.
0: That one was from Tegan. So good luck, Tegan. Yeah, good luck. This question comes from Heather. My two-year-old stores food, mostly dinner, in the top of her mouth and it's so hard to convince her to (laughs) swallow it or spit it out. I know she's doing it when it's food she doesn't like as much and she's probably tired too. It takes a lot of gentle coaxing followed by deals and sometimes having to pin her down and scoop it out. She'll leave it in there for over an hour. It's wow. not food she can't chew, so I know it's a behavioural thing, but I'd love some strategies to help, please. It often makes dinner a very long, long drawn-out meal where she ends up eating next to nothing.
1: Um, look, that's a hard one. I mean, I'm a bit sort of... I, I sort of am of the belief that you, tr- you, ca- you need to try to make food not an issue, you know, because... Women already, you know, we grow up with food being issue. So um, we don't want to make it a big deal. So I would try to stop, um, uh, you know, even kind of uh, talking about it for a while and just see what happens. I mean, if she doesn't, if she stores food in her mouth and she's storing it in her mouth, she's going to eventually have to swallow it or spit it out at some point, right? So I would maybe... You know, not, yeah, not make a, an issue out of it and maybe not even talk about it for a while. And obviously, give her some, give her the food that you wanted to eat, but also give her something that she likes so that she will at least eat something. Um, and acknowledge that, you know, this is how old was she? She was
0: two, I think. Let me double check. Yes, two year old.
1: Yeah. So, this is their age of kind of trying to assert their independence so we need to let her feel like you know she does have some say in what she wants to eat um obviously we want her to eat food but i i I don't know i just think that i would tend to just try to ignore it for a bit and and maybe give her a time you know a time limit on you know, the amount of time she sits at the table, you know, so that it's not extended for, you know, and, and getting exhausted and two year olds are still quite little and they do get tired. And when they're tired and they're cranky and they get a bit more belligerent and they, you know, don't want to do what you want them to do. So maybe make sure meal times are out before that, if you can. So even if it bring, means bringing dinner forward at it, you know, to four o'clock or four thirty or something so that she's not exhausted when she's eating and it's not, you know, a huge stress. But I think removing the stress from around food and meal times is a good idea. Um, so if there's some ways you can do that and try to just kind of switch off a little bit to the kind of annoyance that I know you will feel because we all feel it when we feed our children food and they refuse it or they don't eat it and you've spent time making it and, you know, you want them to eat it. But to kind of trust that their little bodies know what they need and, you know, we're trying not to kind of uh, numb that sensation for them you know that um to telling them that no oh you you should eat that you know so eventually you know she will eat she will eat and you know feed her during the day when she's not so you know tired and give her snacks you know and things that she likes but yeah that that would be what i would try to just try to try to take it take the kind of anxiety and stress out of it
0: yeah mm-hmm. This next question comes from Cherie. She says, my four-month-old baby hates tummy time. She just screams and cries no matter what I try. I've tried putting a mirror in front of her and propping her on pillows. It breaks my heart and I give up after a minute or two because I find it so hard to hear her crying her heart out like that. I know it's good for her, but it's so hard. Do you have any ideas to make her and me less upset at doing it? <laughs> Look,
1: my opinion about tummy time is that, yes, it's, it's great for them, but all babies eventually roll. They all roll. They all roll. They all move. They all lift their heads up. And some babies are better at tummy time than others. Some babies tolerate it more than others. For whatever reason, she's not liking it. So maybe don't do it. You know, don't do it. Um, she will roll. She will absolutely roll. There's no way about it. And as long as there's no issue with, you know, her having a flat head or she's spending too much time, you could put her on her side. You could try um, rolling up a towel and kind of putting it underneath her and putting her arms over the towel to see how that works. Um, But, I mean, again, I I really don't think that um, you should be stressing about these things. You know, it's not going to affect her negatively. It's really not. She's going to roll um, and she's going to move and she's going to crawl and she's going to walk. You know, that's what's going to happen. So, um, you know, maybe she's just... She just doesn't like it. She's not always going to be like that. Yeah. So I would, again, try not to stress out and just don't do it, you know, and even if you do it for kind of a minute on her change table after her bath, you know, so you give her a little massage or something, you know, just something like that. Find that time where she's not hating it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, This one comes from Mary. She says, my usually gentle 19-month-old has been biting lately. I have never caught her in the act, but I know she has bitten a child at daycare and has nipped her four-year-old brother twice this week. He's shown me the bite marks. What's the best thing to stop this behaviour, especially if I never actually catch her doing it?
1: Well, it's hard if you don't catch her because as a two-year-old, they don't understand... Sort of delayed consequences, you know. So there's no point, sort of saying, "I heard you bit your brother earlier today," and so for that, I am now going to do this. So that just doesn't work. So I think you know, biting is very common. It's it's a frustration. It's a frustration behavior. It's often around verbal um, stuff. You know, they can't verbalize what they're thinking or how they're feeling, and so it's frustration around that. So. Uh, you know, kind of trying to, if you do see her going for it, you know, to sort of cut her off, or, you know, obviously distract her and kind of say, I can see that you are frustrated or I can see you're upset or I can see you're angry. What do you need? Or what, what do you, you know, try to help her express herself in whatever way it is. Um, also just acknowledge that we don't bite. It hurts. If she does bite her brother, then you you go and comfort him first rather than her you know and you know we don't do that that's that hurts that's it's painful he's up you know you know just those kinds of things to reassure her or to confirm with her or to show her that it's it's not acceptable way but we also have to understand why she's doing it and understand that it is a period of frustration and um i'm sure child care have kind of strategies, because I'm sure that's something they deal with quite regularly, so maybe ask them how they deal with it as well at at childcare, Um, because it's it's no point really punishing a child or, you know, uh, when they're doing it out of frustration, you know, it's not because they want to hurt someone, it's because they're feeling so frustrated and they don't know how to do it, so they're just like, you
0: know? Is that Um, what you feel like doing these days,
1: Melbourne? I'm just eating lots of sweet things and cake and
0: baking. Yeah,
1: (laughs) get release my frustration. So I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. It's developmentally appropriate, and they're too young. They're
1: too young to be punished, or you know, I mean, if if you like, I say, if the consequence relates to that moment, like if you see her bite her brother, then you can you know explain to her how you you know this is not what we do and it's hurting him and you comfort him but remember he's a, she's a two-year-old as well so she's not going to really understand anyone's point of view other than her own for quite some time so you know yes welcome to the yeah, hopefully time. she grows out of it pretty quickly
0: <laughs> yeah
1: once she starts verbalizing more generally it gets better
0: yeah. Okay. Well, good luck, Mary. Yeah. We we'll probably have time for one last question. This is from Bell. She says, I have an almost four-year-old boy who was always kind of clingy, but I guess it's just his personality. We had a baby boy last year and he seemed to cope with it quite well at the time, better than expected, actually. But now our youngest is 15 months old old, and my oldest is regressing in a big way. He acts in babyish ways like his brother and demands to be treated the same. He started waking at night and coming to my bed, which we nipped in the bud before his baby brother came along. He wants me to feed him again, like his little brother. He's refusing to use the toilet and asking for a nappy again. He's been nappy free in the daytimes for at least four months now. I've been careful to have solo time with him through the day and I try to be supportive of his behaviour, but I'm starting to feel quite concerned. What can we do to help him get back on track?
1: Well, it sounds like you're very aware of it, and look, at it, it's a really, it's a pretty common, you know, not unusual reaction, you know, to a new baby. Even though your baby is now 15 months old, but it's delayed. You know, obviously, some delayed. Um, you know, the novelty's worn off. You know, the baby's not going away. It's not going back to where it came from, and that reality is probably setting in. You know, with your older son, um, and so regression is a very common. Common thing that um, children do when they're they're stressed, um, you know, or they're they're unable to cope because being a baby, he can see that the baby is getting all this cuddles with mum and you know all this wonderful attention and feeding. How amazing is that? All that special one-on-one time. So I, I wouldn't stress too much. I think it, it will pass. I think it's really great that you're spending one-on-one time with him and I would really make an effort to do that without the baby in the vicinity, you know, so when the baby's either asleep or, you know, if your partner can take the baby, or, you know, and, and look after the baby so you can take your oldest son to the park and have, you know, a good hour or something, you know, with him. Um, that, that's generally enough. To kind of help these things pass but also don't kind of um don't sort of shame him into you know or, or be cross at him for wanting these things but just reassure him that you know you don't need the nappy now you because you you know you can use the toilet isn't that amazing you know and you know kind of encourage him that um you know what he does is is brilliant and his little brother or sister will look up to him and want to do that soon and And, you know, just spend some extra time with him, you know, whether it's you or your partner. But it's generally about the mother, you know, it's generally about that and he's been, you know, clingy. Um, So, yeah, just be understanding of what he's going through and maybe try to help him express himself, you know, to do some drawing or can you tell me how you're feeling or, you know, I can see that you're, you know, maybe upset. Why do you want to be in a nappy? You know, why do you want to put the nappy on again? You know, how do you, you know, do you think that how do you think that will make you feel? You know, kind of it's very hard for young children and they don't have the words and we don't have the words often to express how we feel. But if you can help him kind of express himself, that might help. You know, it might help. Do some pictures, you know, just spent that one-on-one time with him is always really important.
0: Well, Joe, thank you so much for that. That's all we've okay. got time for today. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And- And if uh, you're watching or listening now and you're thinking you may need some more intensive help than what we're able to give in this particular program, you might want to have a bit more of a um, chat with one of our experts. You can try Babyology's Sleep School. So Joe is one of our experts, along with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue and Parenting Coach Karina Lane. So we'll put links in the um, both in the notes of the podcast episode and below the Facebook Live if you'd like to check it out. Next week, Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue will be back on the show. Joe, thank you again. Keep safe, and thank we'll see you, you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.